0: I'm Caroline. Over the years I've started a bunch of creative projects I failed to finish. So I wanted to talk to creative people, writers, comedians, filmmakers, photographers, musicians about how they work and what they do when things get tough. Learn the secrets of finishing. From Dublin, Ireland, it's Operation Project. What makes some creative push through where others give up. It's like we all have projects in drawers and half done things on our desktop. And then there's some people who actually make things happen, publish books, make beautiful things that others can see and actually really get an output. And Dara is very much one of those people. So he's a photographer and he lives in Dublin. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, Dara? Okay,
1: how are you, Caroline? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so I am a photographer. I kind of specialize in abstract, minimal, surreal photography with, you know, I've always had the feel, it's all been nature-based, so I've always had this kind of love of nature and the feeling that there is a healing in nature. And it's driven me to follow that path, to share the beauty that I see with others and the hope that they get some sense of the peace and calm that I get when taking the image.
0: That's really very lovely. So it's always been about what you can share with other people when you see this nature and how it makes you feel. You want to make other people feel something like it or whatever. You want to make them feel something.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, any art you're trying to evoke an emotion of some sort with the viewer um, or from the viewer and, uh, you know, for me, I didn't originally start going. Oh, I'm going to share this. I was just travelling and experiencing nature and lots of uh, national parks, lots of hiking, lots of time outdoors. Spend like you know consecutive days out in forests and virgin forests, and yeah, you know, I just an cumulative effect of spending time and connecting with nature that it made me. Get, feel uh, I mean once I I mean actually if I go back a stage what got me into photography was That's,
0: that was actually one of my questions how yeah. did you get started
1: yeah so I, I did a scuba diving course in Florida and I was blown away by this underwater world where I could fly on a new planet and I came to the surface and there's this questionnaire sheet and it said what other parts of scuba diving would you be interested in and I had like on the questionnaire like uh, for underwater first aid or first aid with scuba diving and it had, um, you know, cave diving, it had advanced, it had many, many different elements to scuba diving. And one of them was underwater photography. And I was like, oh, oh, click, you know, you can actually capture this underwater world and this beauty that I just experienced. And it sent me down a path of um, trying to learn about photography and I found a camera.
0: So you didn't actually have... Prior to that, did you have much photography experience? Zero. Oh, my God. Okay, so it was this scuba moment. <laughs> it
1: was this moment of just... Yeah, on a
0: form, <laughs> on like a feedback form, where they're basically going, yeah. was the course shit? And you're yeah. going, no, it was amazing. And, oh, my God, photography. Right.
1: And I came up, uh, literally, I came up for air from that. Excuse me. <laughs> <the gun. laughs> nice. <laughs> but I, um, yeah, I, 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 the following year, I was back in America again. And... I found a camera in, would you believe, a seized property auction. And I'd been looking for one for a while and I found an old Canon AE-1.
0: You'd done a bit of research about what you might like to buy or uh, minimally? I,
1: I didn't do much research. I just kind of, this camera, I, I knew I wanted an SLR camera. Yeah. That's all. That's the only reason. And you reason.
0: probably had a bit of price range in your head. A yeah. And, this, bit. and yeah. this
1: one just appeared and it had like maybe five lenses with it. And I was just like, right, great. And I bought that. And then I just set to work with learning and making so many mistakes. Like one of the biggest mistakes I made, we did a, an amazing trip. We bought a, a camper van that year and drove across the States, like taking in about 20 States. I was like 22 at the time. And, uh, you know, you load the, the, the film manually and you're, you you're into a spool and you bring, bring it through to the other end and you have to wind it through. And sometimes it doesn't catch.
0: Oh yeah, sure. It and just there's there's a literally like a little slotty yoke yes. that you stick it through, and then you wind it around. I remember I did a FOSS course, and we did photography in back in the nineties, so I have Some the idea slightest of yeah. idea of an SLR. You know, go around taking pictures of churches and shit, that kind of thing, and Dublin, Yeah.
1: So like I guess I had loaded. I probably took about forty rolls of, of, <gasps> of um, uh, thirty six ex- exposures, thirty five mil, and. Uh, I would say about 10 of them were not loaded properly oh, on, on the trip across, you know, and it was just like, I didn't realize until the end because until I put them in for pro, uh, for processing and they came back to me going, oh, 10 of them were never exposed. You
0: think when it goes, way, 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 you think that it was, it knows, but no, this this sound is kind of the same. It
1: is the same sound. And right. you kind of, I learned that afterwards that, oh, once you go, you have to make sure I just didn't load yeah, it properly. It was course. just inexperienced. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, and I mean, loads of other problems with overexposure, underexposure, blurry shot, you know, handheld, move too long exposure, you know, I, I knew nothing about it, and, you know, I just made loads of mistakes and, but I guess that's where you learn from. You yeah, know? yeah. And, uh, and that was the kind of the start of the photography moment. Like I, I wasn't working in it at that point, but I was just ex- traveling a lot and, you know, taking pictures of travel and people and nature and landscape and anything that crossed my path I would shoot and I think that's, you know, for any budding photographers out there, I would always suggest, you know, if you don't know what your style is, you know, just take pictures of anything and everything. And you your know. style
0: will emerge from yeah. what you gravitate towards and you feel excited about.
1: Yeah, and you exactly. Feel, I yeah. must
0: capture this, whatever this is.
1: Yeah, when you start to get the results back of the ones that, as you say, excite you more you start to go, oh, that gives me a lot more joy than these images, then you start going down that rabbit hole and... You know that's the way it happened for me and the way i kept doing it then i kept on going after i was getting a buzz from cutting out skies cutting going for abstract nature images and detail it made it, it made it look like imagery that people didn't know what they were looking at and uh all the while appreciating the form and the way the light was falling on any given subject and um that for me was was exciting, and I just went after that and started to pursue that a bit more. And I guess you know I was still working in a in a, a nine to five job selling you know fitness equipment and seating systems in a, a sports company, and um, I've been putting my pictures up. there was a thing called uh, the People's Photography Exhibition on the railings of St Stephen's Green.
0: Oh sure, yeah, yeah.
1: So I did that a couple of times, just putting pictures up a mount board and all that I've just been, Do you
0: literally just walk along and you got to put it up or did you have to
1: you book in advance with the yeah. people who are organizing it and it's an eight foot by four foot sort of space or eight foot space and it's up to you how you hang on that and a couple of years I just took the eight foot and then one year I decided to take uh, I think I took like two spaces maybe i might not even taken three and I decided to frame the pictures this year and then and I was and I rather than having a mix of imagery I had exclusive just abstract nature images what this style of photography that I was going down that road with and I ended up selling something like 16 in the two days and you know I handed in my notice to my job oh and, my god yeah. right you and, got
0: the coin so you fucked it. It. I realized
1: yeah. then there was but it was prior to the recession so yeah. uh, you know I realized there was something in this and I can actually pursue this and I booked and um, the craft fair and the RDS and I had a good craft fair and I just went after selling my pictures big time then and,
0: and out of interest uh from taking the Box on the scuba diving forum to flogging your pictures from the railings of Stephen's Green. How many? How long was that? Just...
1: Uh, let's see. Probably nine years. Right.
0: Yeah. So nine years to get super good at something enough that you can flog it to somebody else. It doesn't sound that long, like in a way. It's
1: not that long, <laughs> but it, you could have. I could have done it quicker, but I was. Just working in this other and I was traveling and I Yeah, up into you were
0: toodling along with the photography, yeah, improving hot, improving in the and background. enjoying. I
1: suppose understanding that I had yeah. a style as well, you yeah. Know? And and then having the confidence to actually make the shift. You yes.
0: Know? And that's it, and I suppose that's part of what this podcast is about. It's about gaining confidence to I suppose you shipped your product when you put it on the railing and went this is mine I made this I love it this is finished this is realized for now this is what I'm offering this is what I have yeah it, and the world can do what it wants with it but I'm confident enough to stand over it and put it on this railing
1: I think anybody that puts their pictures or art on the walls for other people to look at them they're opening their, themselves up to be judged a little yeah. bit, you know and you, you you develop a bit of an ego or not a, like look like not a not an uh and overconfident but you develop thick skin is more is actually more correct in terms of you have to be prepared for rejection yeah rejection exactly (laughs) Yeah. yeah so uh you kind of develop that confidence belief in yourself that even if it is rejected by other people you still have a inner belief now as you talk about the coin when the coin comes in that's that's a affirmation as to your there's something good here in terms of giving you the potential to making a living from it.
0: Yes. That's an endorsement of the thing you already know, which is it's mm. good. Like, and I think that's the thing about that like creative people sometimes feel and sometimes don't. It's that if you if it if it's good enough for you, that's kind of the main thing that matters. Like hopefully it's good enough for other people as well. But you know yourself when you take a picture and you go, I love that. So mm. don't really give a shit what anyone else thinks. I love it. And yeah, that's, that, that, that's, that has to be the starting it has point. has to be the starting
1: point, yeah. In, yeah. Otherwise, else, you're trying to please other people, and then there's a kind of a, a gap in terms of purity of the art, then.
0: Yes. And a patronizing, of, uh, perhaps, um, interaction with your audience where you're kind of going, I think this is what they want, yeah, or just yeah, yeah. the, these pricks will buy anything <laughs> or whatever, whatever way it manifests. It, it, you have to go, I love this. And then you trust that others will connect with it too.
1: Yeah, well, you're right and you know i guess though there's moments and a continuous up and down it's like an ebb and flow in in a, in a career of, of exploring yourself and exploring your art um in in the, like sometimes you start you're supremely confident in what you're doing and other times you're kind of oh geez i'm not sure about this and what ends up happening in those you know that when you when you lose your confidence is like you'll go down a road of maybe less pr- productivity in you know, and uh, not to get away from, you know, the, what we're, we're talking about in terms of the confidence of people but I think it's the lack of confidence in terms of w- when you lose your your faith in what you're doing is part and parcel with being uh, creative,
0: I think. In a, uh, yeah. Uh, so, and then, yeah, and um, the endorsement of others is what buoys you to go on and keep going and in, inflates your sales, as it were, of, oh, okay, um, other people, I like it, other people like it came on, mm. in the sense of
1: just propelling you forward. Yeah, and no, it was great, like to have But you know, you you go along and it's uh, to to follow through with that. Like you you end up getting corporate sales, and you're getting you know, and that's it's an amazing thing to be getting all these sales going on. Like you know, it was almost like for a few years, when I first started, it, it was it was it was going so well um that it was like God, this is amazing. God, I can't believe I didn't do it sooner. And then all of a sudden, the recession hits.
0: Yes. And photography's the first to
1: go, <laughs> right? It went so, yeah, it went like completely. I didn't even realise it had gone so quickly, you know? Yeah. And I was still trying to, I was doing shows and spending money trying to find spending money to, as
0: if the money was coming back in the same way it, it had before. Yeah, yeah, yes. but yeah,
1: you'd have, you'd have the thought that it would come back because you hadn't fully realised the recession yeah. had hit yet. Yeah, yeah. And then there was just whew, tumbleweeds coming yes. in in terms of sales. And, and the next thing you know, you're in serious debt and you're kind <laughs> of like going...
0: You're working back in a sports company then. No, that no, I never, and
1: that never happened. No, yeah, I. But
0: you to find alternate revenue streams.
1: I did, yeah, yeah. Like I started doing um, some photo tours, and I started doing some commercial work, um, to try and help uh, keep revenue coming in. Having said that, I probably did some of my best creative projects in the middle of the recession. Yes. You know, like when I wasn't selling as much, I still came up with some of the, you know, two of my favourite projects that I've, I would have done.
0: Well, I would love to talk to you about a favourite mm. project because you brought two art books. Of mm. art. Will I call them art books?
1: Photo books. Yeah. They look
0: like <laughs> art books to me. You know, when you go to someone's house and there's like really nice, big, giant art books that you flip through, they are those. Mm. Uh, and uh, you brought two, as I'm here today, of your art. Uh, the, I keep saying off of your art, but it is art. I'm allowed to call it art, right? Yeah, go it's, for it. <laughs> uh, so there's uh, Out of Thin Air and then there's Two New Rocks. So maybe uh, in the spirit of um, Operation Project, you could uh, pick perhaps one of these projects and tell me a little bit about how you decided on the project and how you knew it was worth pursuing. And like we can talk more about like really the nuts and bolts of punching through
1: one of your big lovely projects. Cool, yeah. I, I'd like to. Do that. I, I would. Wouldn't mind just to do a tiny bit of evolution in terms of in terms of figuring out uh, creative projects. Because, I, you know, when I was first starting, it was just a general images from uh, you know I called it Dúrra photography, and Dooler is the Irish word for nature, air, earth, fire, and water. So although people were buying the work and all that, I had no theme apart from just being nature. Um, but I realised you had to theme, I, I started uh, figuring out that if I could theme the work, that they were all standalone imagery that worked well individually, but then when you put them together as a collection, they become stronger as a unit. Yes, yes. So I, I won't dwell on the, the, this project, but I did one called Sand and Ice, which I did not make a book for where I went to the Sahara to photograph abstract lines in the sand and then immediately afterwards i took my camper van to iceland to photograph ice and glaciers and that was my first kind of foray into the ice and you know when you when you put them together there was a bit of a, a comparison but also a contrast yes, going on between, between the sand
0: two. and ice yeah between yeah, yeah. The hot
1: and the cold between the textures between the
0: undulations yeah, yes all,
1: all of those things and um i there there was there was stark contrast but there was also a certain comparison to be made and i uh, I felt that was my first themed exhibition. To follow on then, I knew the next exhibition or the next kind of collection I did had to be, th- I, I was now on a themed. themed theme buzz. Theme, and I, everything has to be themed now. Yeah. Or else to have a narrative that binds it together. Yeah. So uh, this, the next one I did was Jewelry Box, which was images from rock wheels around the coast of Ireland. And I uh, I called it Jewelry Box, Ireland's hidden gems. Being I, I, the tide would come in, the tide would go out and it would leave. Pools, water pools filled with life and colour and shapes, crabs and periwinkles and enemies. and When
0: I think of rocks, I just always think of being a kid and like looking around and then slipping on rocks and like falling on your ass. I'm assuming that happened quite a lot. There was a
1: lot of that. There was a lot of (laughs) falling around. I had knee pads on though. Like you'd
0: want to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What kind of footwear do you wear when you're... I, Walking I had, around in rock goals.
1: I had wetsuit boots. Okay. But when I first started, though, I was kind of just a bit runners and kind of, a, and I was, going you know, to getting wet and all. But it evolved and I, yeah. I, 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 you mean I was a sight to behold around the rock goals because <laughs> I was in wetsuit boots, knee pads, shorts, <laughs> a black umbrella up, and you know, a tripod, and I was leaning over, and it was, it was quite entertaining for people seeing this yeah. sight along the shore. But that, that, I guess, you know, I think there's an innocence that we all get, like almost like a childlike innocence when uh, staring into nature. Yeah. And, you know, I remember from when I was a kid, when I went rock building, like time stood still. And I tried to almost dip back into that headspace when shooting. And that's what that's how Jewelry Box evolved. And I went around all 17 counties that touched the coast in Ireland and there's at least one image from each county represented. Ah, uh, cool, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I mean we can talk about uh, a little bit more about the, in the funding side of things, but that was that book that I published. The one that, that I think we're going to talk about now is Out of Thin Air, which was a... Uh, I, I mean, I've been interested in ice now at this point, and yeah,
0: into your ice.
1: I've yeah. been into my ice, and I was invited. I was friendly with a guy from Killary, um, a guy called Jamie Young, and he's the skipper of a boat called the Killary Flyer. And um, he asked me to what I like to go to Greenland with him. This is
0: Killary. This is the jacket you're wearing. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yes, yeah. so that was from that trip. In fact, they've just set sail again two days ago to go back to Greenland on a uh, on his third. Sailing mission to get to Greenland. Wow.
0: um
1: I couldn't go this year.
0: Does this dude just sail back and forth between Greenland and he, Ireland? He like likes this, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does I like need him. to get him on the podcast. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You <laughs> should. you should. He'd be a great one. Like, yeah. he set up his own business. He runs the Killary Adventure Centre as well. You know, so oh, sure, right,
0: right.
1: Gale Force Events. You know, all. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah,
0: he's, yeah, yeah.
1: So that's his all, all his company So okay, you're gonna uh, have to
0: put me into him. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: He's a great guy. Um, he's away for three months now, though.
0: Yeah, doing this Greenland yeah. thing, yeah. Maybe so, we can Skype or something, figure it out.
1: Like. Yeah, well, he um, invited me to come on. And so I was like, yeah, I'll come. And I can't, you know, what was I going to do? I wasn't sure. Like, the, you know, there's some projects like Jewelry Box I just mentioned. I had a a, a bit of a vision in mind about it. I knew I was going for rock builds. And was there going to be a book? I didn't even know at that point that there was going to be a book. I never know whether there's going to be a book until I get the work. And then once you start getting the work together and if you feel like it's, tied together in a common narrative, you, you can then make a book, make it into okay. something. Okay,
0: Because that's actually another question that I had. It's like the output. Um, it, It's like at the start of your creative project, do you know what the output is going to be? At the, for you, you know you're going to get a bunch of photographs, but what you actually turn those into is up for grabs during the process yeah, for or, sure. or evolves during the process. Maybe you see the book some way into when you're taking the photographs you see what the thing it could be
1: Well it's it's a bit of a dream like you know before I'd done my first book to do a photography book would have been or a photo book would have been a bit of a dream because it's you know it's it mean it, it, it almost is a one of the greatest calling cards you could have as a photographer to have reached that kind of level that you can actually output a photographic book that has your images in one place that's bound together in a kind of a common theme. And if you can get- big, to, A big
0: sexy book. the big sexy book. That's, it's, that's, it's, that's it's, it, it like. It's, it's
1: like, you know, the exhibition is one. Like, I mean, to have them in prints on a wall is amazing. And I'd done a few of those before. So to reach the book level, to have, and I'd never had the confidence of doing a book before that, but once I felt there was a strong enough um, theme, then I felt like you could do the book. So it's a, a bit of a dream, but you don't know when you're actually doing the work, you don't know because you're not finishing. You don't know what the, until you reviewed the work. I was still shooting an analogue for a uh, jewellery box. So I was shooting film and I had to wait to get the world processed. And, and then oh, view- of
0: course. Did you remember to put the little thing on the <laughs> thingy that
1: time? I never made that mistake after that first time. Yeah, <laughs> that was the end of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... I, you just don't know, and yeah. and and box was done. So you're not
0: gonna go. You're not going. Aha! I'm going to make a book now. It's the 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 yeah. it the evolution of the project. That's yeah. what comes out the other end. As But as
1: yeah. you're going through it, and you're going through, and each image that you is imprinted in your eye, yeah, you know, as you look through the the viewfinder, and. You know, as they're building up, as you go from county to county, and then you start to realise every county you're getting, you're getting something good, and then you're kind of going right. Well, I can't leave each county till I have something good. You know, you you know, it's building, and you know it's it's you're starting to go. Do you know what? Because I think I'm going to have a decent book here because if I can complete the whole coastal coast of Ireland with an image from each county. That's strong.
0: Yeah, that's it, a story.
1: Yeah, even before you finish it, you know that's your aim and that's where you're getting to then at that yeah. point, you know, and yeah. you're you're getting more confidence. You're getting the bit between your teeth. You're going to go, and right, I have a very focused and a, a vision about what I'm trying to do. And I mean, I think that's half the battle with creative projects is having a clear vision as to what you want to achieve. Yes. And, you know, when you're, f- f- you know, fumbling around in the dark a little bit, it's hard to reach the, the finish of any creative project.
0: So early... Early ish in a great project, imagining what the thing you want to hold in your hand almost is, uh, and that's probably you know that's where I fall down. I'm like, I uh, have a few short stories, but what's a couple of rubbish short stories? It's not anything. It's not something you can hold in your hand. I guess just having more of a an, an idea of the output.
1: An idea is is it yeah the idea of the output but also. To not be like, because you're not there yet. You don't have it. You only you're just having this, the idea of it. Um, but the like,
0: idea of it inspires
1: inspires it, it, it to become a reality. Yeah, yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Like I don't know. This is jumping to a project that we I'm, also
0: have to come back to Greenland. I've got a little yes. note here that says Greenland. Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I, I don't mind. Do you want to go no, no. there now or no? No. You. You do what you're doing because. Um, I, yeah. I was just going to jump to a project I'm working on at the moment that would have started from absolutely nothing but with the you know a glimmer of an idea of a book but it was like it's like Baikal in Siberia and I um, uh, I, I'm into ice and as I've mentioned you're better into
0: ice yeah yeah, yeah yeah
1: and um, the I'd never heard of Lake Baikal in um eastern Siberia until November 2016 and then
0: I told
1: you knew about it in August 2016. Okay. Right. <laughs> just getting around. Well, so I didn't hear about it. And then within five weeks, it came across my consciousness through social media or whatever, about, you know, five or six times. And so I was like, wow, this place is just, it's amazing. And I want to go there. So I planned a trip for 2017, which got cancelled. And then I planned it again for 2018, which happened. And I went out there. But, you know, in the back of my mind, I went, this could be a book. I have no idea what I'm going to do it on but this could be the next book.
0: And now, of course, because you have a couple of books, you know books are possible. Yeah. And you know what goes into the fabric and framework of a book. A book isn't this intangible, amazing, unbelievable thing that's like a kind of a miracle. You're like, no, a book is just a collection of resources stuck together in this way. A book is realisable.
1: It is realisable, but like... It's only realisable, for me, everyone's got a different way what they want from their books. I wanted, as I mentioned, to have the images that are standalone stunning, but that they speak to each other and are tied together in a kind of combined narrative. Yeah. And that's not, it's not enough just to say, here's loads of ice pictures. That's, that's not enough for me. It has to have a deeper background, underlying feeling and emotion and bringing maybe some sort of human element to it as well. Yeah. So... I spent like three weeks on the ice uh, in two thousand and eighteen, and I was, I I wasn't seeing. I was saying yes, yeah, all amazing ice and all. And then until I started to see how they mark out roads out there, and they plant these small um, fir trees in the ice, like deep ice. Like I mean, it's maybe two meter thick ice with one point six kilometers of water underneath, and that's at its deepest point, and. It's not that they plant through. They only drill a small hole in the ice and they like the Christmas trees. They're just put there as beacons. You
0: showed me pictures of those on yeah. your phone. It was like, yeah, uh, Siberian vernacular signage is how I refer to it. Yeah, but like, yeah. it was It's just because it points the way for people. It's like turn left at the Christmas tree, at the baldy Christmas yeah, the bald, tree. It's yeah.
1: exactly just stick to the tree and stick yeah, to the yeah. Christmas trees and you can't go wrong. And they... Uh, Did you put
0: tinsel on any of them? No, Just...
1: it didn't. But I, I do see them up in Wicklow Mountains quite a bit. They have the tinsel and bobbles all over. Oh, that's cute. I didn't know that. It is cute, yeah. As long as they come and take them away in the um, in, after the Christmas yeah, know, period. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it is. It, uh, it's nice to see decorations and Christmassy and festiveness going on. Um, but no, they, they, I didn't see any tinsel out there, and I didn't put any tinsel on. You no, know, because
0: maybe tinsel means turn right, <laughs> and then someone just goes straight into the drink. And, you, know, you, don't, you don't want to be responsible for that. People know what these what the signage means. Well, it's just it's just stick, follow, stick to
1: stick to the trees yeah. basically, and that guy just safe passage across. I mean, it opens up points and you know uh, cracks open, and then you can fall in. But also, conversely as well, they close over and they crack up. And there's shards of jagged pieces of ice that you can't pass either. So some areas you can pass, and some areas you can't. And it's the trees that mark out the areas that you can. Yeah. And. Um,
0: does that mean there's kind of responsibility on the travellers to mark it out? Or is there someone more officious who goes around and does the trees? There's
1: the, there's the guide, the ice captains, they call them. And they are based in a certain village and they will lead people across and backwards. And every if the lake moves, if the ice moves they'll move the trees themselves okay. and yeah there's yeah. guys that do it mind you I moved one tree this year with with it was the guy I was with was one of those ice captains oh so,
0: okay yeah. so you gotta go
1: I gotta go <laughs> drilling the ice mind you I was drilling the ice loads anyway because I was putting hydrophones under the ice to record yes. the sound of it
0: of course mm. uh, yeah we talked about that before you went yeah. I gave you a tiny bit of rubbishy yeah. mic yeah. advice yeah yeah it was good it was good yeah yeah and you got some good ice sounds
1: I did yeah 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 so I guess though the the Point of it all is is the, um, the the idea of the book. So once I saw that, I said, right, I've got to go back a third time. Well, the first time it was cancelled. I went first year the, the, in 2018. And then I went back in 2019 and completed. Went after those trees, just photographed those trees continuously. And that became the body of what's going to tie the book together, which is still in the process now of being worked on.
0: Does your... newest Siberian book
1: have a name probably going to call it beacons
0: oh
1: lovely and uh, you know but uh, the point I guess I mentioned it was uh that these things start in very small beginnings with just a little glimmer of knowing yourself knowing what you like knowing potential of certain areas through a little bit of research and then um the way i like to what i work when i talk about knowing myself i work best being put in areas of rich subject matter and then being a bit spontaneous in my reaction to what i see
0: yeah yeah parachuted in somewhere weird and just
1: going nuts yeah exactly yeah 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 yeah.
0: and then following the trees
1: following the trees but it's not just trees it'll be also beautiful patterns you see beside because they all happen beside the trees beside the road if you like and it'll just have a common theme running through the book that'll be bound together by these story of marking out the roads but showing the beauty that's there as well
0: yeah yeah in an abstract way because i was looking at your out of uh, thin air book there and um it i couldn't get like the the images are quite mind-bending it's like they kind of remind me of some of them reminded me of you know the uh original poster for alien in the theater you know that kind of crazy egg thing and it's like coming out of space and it totally isn't in the film (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly what reminded me of it's like alien alien landscapes and i couldn't um I, i couldn't tell if i couldn't tell the scale of a lot of the image especially in that first half of the book am i looking at something that's one centimeter across or am i looking at something that's like kilometers across <clears throat> shot from the helicopter i have no idea because there's not really uh, and i think that that sense of the micro or the macro is uh probably purposeful in it, that because it's like you're not you're not sticking a tempens in <laughs> to give us yeah, scale yeah. and it's just it's a headful. foot
1: joe it's, it's interesting it's 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 not by accident that i shoot like that i mean of that's, course. It's, yeah, t- yeah. it's too you have the viewer spend longer wondering, yeah, contemplating going, what, what the is hell, yeah. instead
0: of just flipping, instead of going oh, amazing and flipping by. You're literally going, I don't know what the fuck this is, yeah. and they, they, they kind of look like Rorschach blobs and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah well,
1: there's the, the the reflections and all that. Yeah, yeah. My my uh, dad has an interesting one, an interesting take on my style of uh, photography, and um, because he likes scale, he likes things to give him. To, to, he, he likes to know what he's looking at and he describes looking at my photographies, he could be looking into a puddle or another one he says I could be looking into a ditch like it means nothing to him yeah. you know and uh, like you know I mean he I guess he's using those words but it's uh, he, he doesn't even see when he's not able to almost in some ways not able to see the beauty that's there because he's been distracted by the lack of scale
0: yes yes
1: whereas for me that's the most important part of it is is taken away. I mean, it's it's lines and textures and curvatures, and, and it doesn't matter what size it is. Yeah, yeah. It takes away that element of knowing, which makes it much more ethereal.
0: Of course, but we're so used to going, "What's that?" <laughs> about about. So, or do you remember in comics when you were a kid, there'd be like a picture of the teeth of a comb. And you go but it didn't tell you that it's like mm. what's this and it's like a zoom in or something yeah, yeah. and then it's like it's a comb and then it's just a comb zoomed out do you remember you saw that in buster magazine jeez that, but, i don't
1: remember that no I no but I, can, but I know i've seen things
0: movies, like that things like yeah, that yeah. it's like it zooms in super much on something i think it's yeah. usually a comb frankly <laughs> <laughs> but like it zooms in on something using, or maybe a toothbrush there's definitely a thing here hairbrush that's the other <laughs> one and then it seems like oh man it was a hairbrush the whole time but uh, we're always trying to, I suppose, figure out what the hell things are.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so makes sense of yeah, yeah.
0: Because yeah. so your dad, like, he's not wrong.
1: No, he's, he's <laughs> certainly not. Like, and I, you know, I think when I've started to do more surreal stuff that have like, like, he'd probably enjoy these trees because you better tell that it's yes. a tree, you know. Um,
0: Dara, finally a tree. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> something it I can
1: like. make sense of. <laughs> There's, there's, well, I also started doing just some uh, fishing huts in the west coast of France and Brittany and, you know, you can make sense of them as well, but like really long exposures, like two minute exposures with a cloudy overcast sky and white sea so that everything kind of becomes very minimal, you know?
0: Yes, yes. Lovely.
1: Yeah. Um, Makes it
0: feel closer to ice or sand. Yeah, yeah. It takes
1: that. away the distraction of just water that... But yes, it makes it very subtle and surreal. But the, the strength of the subject that you're looking at is quite powerful as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that I guess that brings me on to something else when we're talking about this. It's like planning. Uh, not that much. So how much planning went into your most recent, I suppose, the thing you're working on now, your Siberia project.
1: Well, it's not completed. I mean, it might be... Maybe you know, talk about something then we we'll talk about Greenland yeah. because that one is from, you know, we can start about that from the start of the planning to the completion.
0: Yeah, because what I have here is like, I have planning, funding, collaboration, question mark. So I suppose it, I, I kind of saw them uh, related because obviously if you plan, you get a better result with anything. Uh, funding, whatever funding sources is or thinking about how if, if dough is needed, are there partners? Is there dough? And then collaboration, I suppose that's another aspect of do you how much do you do alone or how much do you pull in other people that can help you punch these things through? And it, it, I suppose I see those as three things that are kind of together, but they're not really together. But uh, I guess you can talk about any aspect of that you want or feel free to ignore any of them. No, but no, I, I suppose planning is...
1: Yeah, so it's interesting. All like if you we'll talk about the Greenland, the Outer Thin Air project in in depth, but I guess each of the projects have had a different way with them in terms of where funding came from, where um, where the planning started, how much I put into it initially, or what who I who I partnered with. Um, so like Jewelry Box, I did all the funding for myself. I did it all, covered it all myself at the start. But when it got to exhibition, Culture Ireland, the Department of Foreign Affairs got involved to help it travel internationally. So Mm. it travelled to like five cities in the States, travelled to Mexico City, travelled to Berlin and travelled to Dubai, all funded through.
0: And is that because they saw the exhibition and went, this is amazing, we'll fund this or did they help you?
1: No, kind of. I said to Culture Ireland, um, no, I wrote, sorry, I wrote to the Department of Affairs in New York the the consulate there and said, I have this exhibition, sent them copies of the image, which are all Irish-related images from the Irish coast, the Rockville stuff. And I said to them, I have this exhibition that's coming to other consulates in the States, but I would love to start it in New York. I didn't have anything else.
0: Uh, ah, yeah, yeah. And
1: I said to them, nice. would you be guys interested in taking it? <clears throat> Excuse me. and And they were like, Okay, great. <clears throat> then you inspired
0: I, a bit of envy in them. Yeah, but, kind of. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, that
0: that's really smart because people that, want something <clears throat> they feel is maybe in demand or others have it. It's yeah, yeah.
1: So once, I, so I didn't have any funding from Culture Ireland and Partner Affairs at that point. But what I did get funding then from was I got a few bits of accommodation from Fitzpatrick's Hotel. I got uh, Lingus, covered my flights, and but I didn't have any official funding yet. But then for the I went to Boston and Chicago. I was going to other places afterwards. Then I went to Culture Ireland. Culture Ireland gave me funding then for the rest of them.
0: Because you already had the endorsement was, yeah, from other from partners. York, yeah. yeah.
1: And then they approached me to take it to Berlin. Um, and they said, look, with this funding for St. Patrick's Day, and you know, we'd love it's done so well in New York, we'd love to take it to Berlin. Because
0: once it's once they know it's on its feet and it's yeah. good, they're happy to give it more.
1: Because it was yeah, sources yeah. because
0: it's a it's a realized thing.
1: Exactly, yeah. So that was the funding in terms of for, for jewelry box is the way I got it. But I mean, out of thin air, um Killery Adventure Company, which is Jamie Young and his boat, they basically sponsored the trip. But we had an agreement that um when if I made sales, enough a certain amount of sales, I would give money back. So he kind of fronted it at the start. Canon and Sandisk, got involved and just gave me all my memory cards. Ah,
0: cool.
1: Uh, Canon loaned me extra equipment to take with me.
0: Oh, that's why you have six Canon batteries or whatever.
1: I, or well, yeah, I have a yeah. few. Yeah, they would have given me a few. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, that would have been the main bulk of the funding that came.
0: And did you reach out to them or did they reach out to you? Well, I
1: reached out to Canon and SanDisk. But yeah. Jamie asked me to come on the trip and...
0: Yeah.
1: That because uh, he was providing the funds for like the fuel and all that in up front they became no one of my sponsors as well effectively because it didn't cost me to be there
0: and then uh, when you approached canon you were able to go here's the other stuff i've done here's my endorsement from culture and la 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 Hmm. and i've exhibited in this place in this place in this place and i have this this is what i want for my next project so you had your endorsement to give lift to your yeah, proposal but, to the other places to basically just looking for free stuff Yeah, them. so it was
1: it was easy for Canon to get involved in the early stages because all they had to do was give me equipment. Yes. And it was alone mostly. You know yeah, some of yeah. it I got to keep, but mostly it was alone. And It's
0: not a big ask really not from a stage. big company like that. Yeah. And
1: and if things go well, then and it did when it came to making the book and and having the exhibition they they've got a big fund- Canon
0: logo kicking around
1: on it then. Yeah, so they have a big Canon logo in the exhibition. They paid for all the prints. Ooh. They they've supplied all the inks, all the paper for the exhibition. And um, they uh, also bought a load of books and, you know, put money into the b- books as well. So, they, yeah, they, they got, they got in- involved that way as well.
0: That's actually really smart because they got involved. You got them involved lightly in a thing that's not a big ask, which is some equipment. But then once there's investment and emotional investment, mm. then to get more stuff is much easier than if you want if you went in and went, fund my whole exhibition. Mm. If all you really are looking for is some equipment at the start that can be easily fulfilled, well, then the rest just follows. So if you deliver your part you deliver, of yeah, it yeah. and you're, you know, you're, you're a good egg, <laughs> basically. Well, well you yeah. know, and it
1: works like that, but it also works on the flip side as well. Like I then... You know we can talk more about uh, out of thin air as well but two years after that we were invited to go back again the skipper asked me that he's going back again and i said yeah but i got to do it differently this time so i decided i'd be you know for getting into photography by an underwater scuba diving course i decided i'd photograph the icebergs from underwater and then i set to to learning to become a diver again because it was like 20 years on now yeah, since yeah I, since i had had that and i just Learned to become a diver again. I got had to get new sponsors. So Canon were involved again. Sandus were involved. A company called Cameras Underwater supplied me all the housing for my camera equipment. Um, uh, three wetsuits and dry suits. They supplied all that. So I had all these Scuba Pro and Scuba Dive West. It's a wet training. What's a dry suit?
0: It's not such clothes. <laughs> well, <it's>, um, <laughs> I've never heard of a dry suit
1: before. So a dry suit is for cold temperatures. Oh, okay. And uh, you're sealed here. There's yeah. a seal, like a rubber seal here. It's pointing around his neck. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> around my neck. <laughs> and around your wrists. Okay. Yeah. And then the rest of it's all in one. So you get into these all-in-one boots. and But it's sealed. So you, you put on thermals underneath and you okay. have a seal. And once you've got that sealed, you, you pump air in. You have a BCD, which fills with air.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: then you also have a pipe that goes into your actual dry suit. And that fills with air. You have a button in your suit to take air in.
0: Right, right. And
1: that creates an extra layer of warmth because nothing's getting wet in there. Yes, of and course. that is warmer than being in a wetsuit. Right, right. So when you're diving in minus conditions in, or like zero conditions. A wetsuit won't do it. It won't, won't be too cold.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. So you you have to be in a dry suit. And that's why I started learning in that. And I mean, all these sponsors were just like, I got, you know, and that I got a lot of that sponsorship through the strength of having out of thin air and having it won the uh, 2015 uh, European Photo Book of the Year Award. So, wow, yeah. So, you know, but I'd that's have... That's it... your
0: endorsement. <clears throat> like, people want to get on that train, as it were, and that would like to be on that journey with you. Yeah,
1: exactly. And it's an oh, exciting whatever next in a is. disappearing part of the world, like Underwater Photography of Icebergs, you know, and a book that was really successful. Like Canon are on board, Sandisk are on board. I mean, that's why all these people jumped on board. Yeah. However, we, after all the training and the prep, and there's loads of preparation in terms of getting food together getting the boat ready and in terms of getting ready for these trips and on this occasion we got 500 miles across the Atlantic and we had a, bit, a big storm big a had a small fire in the engine and we lost our engine and we had to turn around and sail home so then you have to go back to all these sponsors and go uh sorry thanks for all your input here's your dry suit back (laughs) no they can't get that that's custom so i still have i'll be hanging on to that which is great but it's also disappointing because you really want to give the people who sponsor you value back for what they've given you
0: that's a tough time like that's a that's a real example of like what do you do when things are hard because not everything works out Not everything punches Mm. through despite our best efforts so you're swimming as is it? you're swimming back you're back on a boat you've had to turn around
1: mm, and the boat's useless then now so i mean i do i did try and do something to give people another project and um you know i was interested when i was training i was interested in some of the caves and stuff that i saw around the coast of ireland and i kind of almost saw them as this mythological places like uh and when you read up a lot of the celtic mythology you've got um all the like the Fomorians and Tir and all, it's all places that happen off the coast into the under the water and
0: yeah
1: yeah which is the land under the waves and and uh I started making me think about god there's something in these kind of like the you know you could call it something like gateway to the underworld which is the connection between this the mythological characters but through real places through tunnels and, yes. and you know gorges underwater that are yeah, fascinating yeah.
0: this is a real thing but you go in and there's all fairy folk or yeah yeah whatever. yeah. you go sure. underwater
1: and then boom you're into this <laughs> mythological world in beautiful places so I was using an underwater tripod and I started trying to do that uh to try and build a project and you know I still want to do it but I mean it was such a weird volatile summer that the weather was rough and uh, you know these places that I want to photograph are the areas that are sculpted by rough Atlantic Ocean yeah. and if it's just a rough its, ocean. They're
0: by its na- their nature. They're rough difficult. places. Yes. So you
1: need to be getting them in calm summers and this was not a calm summer. So although we tried to make it happen, it didn't, it's kind of a work in progress. you know, yeah. I'm saying, you know? It's one of these projects that are sitting
0: half under the half I mean, done. You half know? <laughs> it's good to know that even like um, creative people who punch things to also have Stuff half done, in their on their desktop and on their under their bed. That gives <laughs> that gives some hope to the rest of us, I think. But yeah, you've got a pin in that then. I've the got way.
1: a pin in that one. I've got a pin in something from the Iron Islands, the Iron Walls. I've got a pin in this project I'm doing in West Cork, a West Cork railway. Um, so I've got pins in loads of things that are half done.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but in terms of uh planning on if we go back to out of thin air. I mean there was so once we agreed to do it it was probably about October of um it was October 2012 and then you know you've loads of meetings you mean meeting, you know all the meetings are down the west because that's where Jamie lives and the rest of the crew that are involved would all go down there I maybe mean, you, you might be down once a month um, and you're then you're starting to get food you're making you know, trips down there to pack Food into boxes, into barrels, all sort of dry barrels, and getting helping getting sea them biscuits,
0: ready. that sort of thing. Yeah. Chips, biscuits, <laughs> biscuits, yeah, yeah, dry,
1: dry biscuits, yeah, yeah. Do they have <laughs> lots weeds, of lemons? Lots to, of lemons. <laughs> <laughs>
0: stuff to keep the weevils at bay yeah, and this scurvy. Yeah, my uh, my knowledge of this is <clears throat> clearly based on some book I read when I was like nine from, from the
1: nineteenth century. So yeah, stuff, yeah. The exploration <laughs> of the Northwest Passage. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, so, but real practical, like your list of all your gear and all well, we, the stuff that keeps I, you alive. I guess one. we were getting
1: food sponsored as well. So we were all in touch with different ways we getting food vouchers from Super Value or getting food vouchers and uh, Skellig chocolates. And, you right, know, right. You're, you're getting some luxury items. Oh my sure. God, we
0: bring but, like fancy chocolates on the boat.
1: Well, the, the Skellig chocolates gave us all these kind of, um, it's like, they're hard little bits, little small little droplets of chocolate, but you make them into a hot chocolate.
0: okay. You can put
1: them in and I mean they're delicious, like yeah, all yeah. different flavors, chili ones, and you know, <laughs> it's amazing. It's not
0: very practical, Well, maybe it is quite practical to sugar. Yeah, you put it with that's a bit it. of hot
1: drink, you know, and you boil up a kettle and you're on watch. Because you're you're sailing over and it's like two hours on watch, four hours off, two hours on, four off. So it's just this whole cycle of it's just boom, boom, going round yeah. and round and you know, um, hot drink when you're on watch in the middle of the night was
0: so soothing
1: very nice yeah. so
0: necessary yeah
1: something to cause you also you're trying not to, you're staring into the gloom and trying to stay awake and yeah all you do it in pairs to, so you don't fall asleep you know what do you
0: do you like playing cards and stuff for you one's
1: on the helm yeah that helming keeping it uh, uh, you know a, um, uh, you, you know you're on a set direction you know you're got to go to what do they call it what got you to think, never mind? Driving the boat. Driving the boat, <laughs> sailing the boat on the helm and holding a course. Okay. Yeah, and uh, and then, you know, if you needed to put a, a reef knot in the sail or take out one sail, put in another one. I mean, all this stuff. You try to have nighttime, try to set it like, and without having to do too much. So you kind of go a bit conservative with the sail. But if a storm comes in, and generally when you're sailing across the Atlantic, you're going towards the storm. So they they, they whip up quite quickly because the prevailing winds are all coming against you so if a storm starts coming you, you know once you once you realize it's time to reef it's too late you know it's you know? all
0: hands on deck yeah,
1: yeah so you have to get people up and you know and it's kind of oh, okay we yeah, have to yeah. take in some sail and
0: mad hoisting
1: yeah or the opposite taking it down you oh, know
0: which one's hoisting hoisting is is letting
1: out some more so and
0: what's taking it down <laughs>
1: Briefing or. Oh, you know, that's
0: the opposite of hoisting, is it? Yeah,
1: putting the reef knot in. You can let out the reef knots or put in. And hoisting is bringing, it would be bringing up the sound.
0: I get it
1: now, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, 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 so you try to be conservative at night time and you just, so, the, so you have time for your hot chocolates. And, yeah, and then yeah. we might, I was on watch playing Yahtzee with, with people, you know, and you yeah. you know, once someone's on the helm and someone else's doing the score and you're kind of just keeping the course. Yeah, yeah, you got
0: it. Yeah.
1: Playing a game of
0: Yahtzee. It's so nice. So it's, yeah. and like, oh, Obviously, you're not looking at your phone and shit. Like, you're no, totally no. No, no, distracted. No, there's no phone, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, oh, it's just a completely different world where mm. you don't have those distractions.
1: It's a beautiful space for a while to be. You're pretty much outdoors all the time. I mean, yeah, you're in down in the galley and whatever, but, you know, you're at sea for, yeah. for a long period. 18 days, I think, it t- took it's us to get there. Fucking right. And, you know, in terms of my own personal planning, I knew I wanted to try and get to a glacier. I knew I wanted to photograph big icebergs, which I thought I would have got from the boat because if they're big, they're generally in deep water. So the uh, smaller icebergs, you get closer to land. So I knew I wanted to find an island that I could go to and camp on for eight days or whatever. Well, it turned out to be eight days that I did it for. But I knew that's what I wanted to do. So I had all my gear ready to camp and I found the perfect island that I spent eight days on. And I saw the, you know, the tide moves around the ice. So it's like you're in this amazing sculptural park and yet, rather than me walking around the sculptures, they keep on coming to me.
0: Wow, you're static. I'm they're static, moving. and they're just
1: moving past me. I have a beautiful video piece of um, of the ice moving, and I have it put to soundtrack of Sigur Rós, uh, Sten yengar, which literally means sleeping angels. And uh, it's really hypnotic. It's, wow. a, it's in li- live time, of, like, real time, of the ice just moving past with a shot with a 400mm lens of just these piece of ice just floating past. But in the background is um, the reflection of a, a shadowy cliff. So the ice is lit, but the background is dark, and it just has this—it's incredibly. We have lit. to
0: put a link to that.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay.
0: And is—are you by? Were you by yourself for those eight days, or did you, like, you, or the other guys went off and did the thing that they're doing?
1: So yeah, there was there was three main projects, or four, if you like. There was. Um, uh, three got climbers who were climbing who were trying to do new routes so these
0: are the all the people who go out on the boat, yeah. who had their different things Tasks they were doing some kind of different yeah.
1: objectives from yeah. the trip so to there's achieve. you
0: with your photography project yeah. there's three guys who are climbing looking for new
1: routes new routes yeah and then there was four kayakers who did 500 nautical miles of unassisted kayaking through different islands and through uh, glacier waters and all that so and um, that was the main, and then there was the fourth project, if you like, was Claire Reardon who made a documentary about all, all the three projects that were going oh, right, on. and the okay. sailing there and all that. And yeah, um, that was screened on TG4 oh, cool. n- numerous times. It's been on there loads of times. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, Ogal of Greenland, which is the Irish for from Galway to Greenland. Amazing. Um, so, but yeah, my I mean, I was knew what I wanted. I didn't, still didn't know was I going to get a book from it. I had a hope, again, that because I'd done Jewellery Box, I had a hope that I was going to get it. And, you know, once you start to see the quality of the imagery, I mean, when I was on that island, I, you know, it it never gets dark. Um, And I had the most productive hours of photography that I've ever had, you know, in terms of running around the place with my lenses and kind of camping on on this point island overlooked the whole like a 360 view from went to the highest point in the island and it's yeah it just it, it made me work like I've never worked before you know just really so much energy yeah and I think you get energy from the sun but you get energy from just the beauty that you're looking at all the time and you just know that you you've only a certain amount of time so I know it's this you're
0: not you're not coming back next week yeah it's the, this like this is it there's an imperative Mm. And I suppose the conditions are such as you're saying it's light all the time, and it's you're. I suppose it's it's kind of perfect conditions. You've nothing else to do, <laughs> like you're not knocking rounds to your folks or anything. No, it's right? just you're just on your you're not own. Not going it's really, to the pub, but you, there's literally nothing else to do.
1: Yeah, and it's but you drop into a, a very peaceful place. You're not, yeah. spe- it's very like a silent retreat. Yeah, yeah. Of beauty, you know, it's like because you're actively looking for beautiful imagery. While in this silent place, I mean, okay, and it's you'd expect silence, but then the icebergs crashing and falling, and the constant drip, creaking, yeah, yeah. massive splashes when they flip over, and then just this, like I guess, an orchestra or orchestral sound of um the drops falling because there's because they're melting, you know, because it's warm, it's summertime, and it's you know, it's more, it's more than zero, like it's maybe. 13 to 16 degrees temperatures during the day. So it's warm.
0: Oh, it's pretty warm. Of course, yeah. that's not what you, what's it like
1: at night? At well, night it gets a bit colder, but it's not, it's still not. It might get down to maybe, maybe one, two degrees at night. Oh,
0: okay. That's
1: It's, it's summertime up there. So it's not yeah. too bad. Yeah. But the drips that are falling from like, you've got millions of drips probably in because there's so many icebergs and there's so many drips falling that they're just, and they're falling from every angle. From different heights and different areas,
0: and it's dynamic because it's ever changing. Because it's yeah. melting a little bit, so yeah, it's, it's always a, changing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's dynamic. It's it's dynamic, but you really get to see. It's very slow dynamic. You get to see the movement because you've got nothing else to do right. as well, and you're taking pictures of it. So
1: yeah. Now uh, Claire did come in for the last two days, so I was there for six days on my own, and then she came in because she was making the documentary.
0: Yeah, it was your so go. She,
1: so it was my go. She wanted to document what I was at. Yeah. So she came in for two days and uh and just basically followed me around. Did she
0: have someone following her around <laughs> making no. a documentary about her documentary? It all seems a little bit reflexive. That this sounds part. like a movie now, isn't it? The, <laughs> the Charlie Kaufman movie.
1: Is it yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so uh, and was it was it weird then having her there after you've been there for six days? Like are you dying to show to talk to somebody else and show them what you're seeing and show them your Yeah, you
1: know, there was an element of her, yeah. I was dying I was delighted to be able to show her because I yeah, she got it, you know, yeah. and, um, but also I was, yeah, it was a bit weird on the first day, you know, I was like, because I, I I didn't know, I know she said she was going to come in at about day six or something, but I had no clue, um, what you know, my days, I kind of had some idea because you know of the course, sun never sets, the sun never sets, I mean, you still Jesus. have an idea because yeah. it's just going around and around, but and you know when it goes down to the north because it just rolls across the horizon in the north and just flips around, and,
0: but it's completely. It's it is almost like an alien thing because it's not what you're used to when you're here and when you're going to like normal bed and stuff. It's just it's completely different. So mm. we could see it's just you're totally abstracted from normal life. Yeah, it, it's so different. Even lights, fucking weird. Mm. And yeah, so, so she came in and you're like, a, a person. Has it been six days or has it been six months or has is, it been? Do I like, know this? Is
1: like a person? <laughs> what what do they look like? <laughs>
0: That's bananas. Yeah, and uh, so uh, all of the people who run the boat with their different projects are in this documentary. I totally got to see this
1: now. Yeah, yeah, and they are. They're all in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's a good documentary. It's fun.
0: Cool. I'll put a link to
1: that. I think it's on YouTube now as well because it's there's no rights left on it. You know, it's full. copyright free now so um yeah you'll find it if you google it on on the on the interweb
0: obviously no one knows how to spell it because it's in irish (laughs) i'll put a link to it because seriously i don't even want to tell you about my (laughs) Irishes. you'll be shocked i'll find
1: the i'll find it and i'll send it to you (laughs) yeah
0: perfect sounds good um so i'm just conscious slightly of time
1: are we are we going over
0: (laughs) no we're no we're good i think we're good so um I did have a question here about when times get tough, but I think you probably answered that in your turning around on a boat, but you've probably had other challenges.
1: Well, there's creative challenges. When, yeah. You know, like, for example, when we turned around in that boat and came back and then I tried to do the cave stuff and then that didn't really work out. Yeah. And then, you know, I had back trouble as well. And then I kind of, I went and I had back surgery and, and then it kind of, Left me trying to recover from that, and I did no creative projects for ages. And then you're kind of in limbo when you're you, you put, I guess you, I'd put so much um preparation and effort into getting ready for the diving project. And then when that didn't happen, it was like everything just went boom, <laughs> yeah,
0: you depleted. just I guess, sucked out of you, yeah. totally. I,
1: you know, I without if you don't get the rewards back from the effort you put in, it kills your momentum. Course, and yeah. what it did for me, I can't say that's the same way for everyone. And um, <clears throat> I, I mean, I was still doing lots of um photo tours and doing commercial work, and I'd be taking the odd nice picture here and there. But it was nothing themed, nothing yeah. coming together. Nothing
0: your big, big thing, your big <clears throat> project with a big thing at the end. Yeah, your output that you're like excited to pull all together your theme. Where you can yeah. get
1: the bit between your teeth and go after it. And, and if you don't have that, I, I found it, it, it for me it really killed my creativity and therefore my confidence in what I do and you know they're the tough times yeah they're they're the ones you have to try and pull yourself out of if you can
0: and there's not really somebody else sitting around pulling you out of that hole you kind of have to you have to find find yourself yourself, find your way out yourself
1: and uh, you know know, I had a couple of people who would chat to me about what about this give me ideas about things and you know nothing really resonated with me and until the the Bicol, the you know the idea of that came in, you know the just ice again, you know. Yeah. I, and I know it was just like, oh, this is more enticed. ice. Yeah. <laughs> I like to be cold. Uh, uh,
0: but yeah, just and cheese. If you if you like it, why not?
1: And I just I kind of I, I guess though there was there was a few things uh, taking part. One was my back; I was recovering from back surgery, so I suppose I had to be a bit patient with myself as well. Like you know, you that's have to be, hard though, to get, isn't it? Yeah but especially if
0: you're a very active person mm. like that's those kind of things can just yeah they can you can you can feel your identity a little bit robbed from you if you're laid up.
1: yeah and and being active and I think I do put a little bit of connection to being physically for me I like being kind of fit and clear in the head it helps being active and being able to go out and do a lot of be, be physically fit I suppose and just have that kind of clearness in the head helps me be a bit more creative. Yes. And so I I kind of really value the, when I can be physically uh, active and to do exercise or go mountain biking or to go surfing or to go swimming or hiking in the mountains. Like, you know, any of those things are really positive for my headspace. Yeah, yeah. Which I think clears what might be uh, another kind of, might be a dampener if you like on the creativity. Just takes a little bit of a lid off that dampener when you can, be a bit clearer in the head and I get that from being physically active.
0: Yeah, I'm, I like when I I like I pair of writing and running. <clears> you yeah. know, you'll write a bit and go for a run. And I don't know, I for some reason they they work really well to me with me. It's like write, feel good about what you've written and then go and run and digest and think about what you've written and that uh mm. that works that it's just they 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 they're so synergized. Like I know writing is sitting at a desk but you don't want to get to, you have to do something after the desk and just like moving. It just, mm. it, it brings it back all together. Processes so, yeah. it through yeah, the body. Yeah. It lets
1: the words flow through the joints. Totally. And, it to- yeah. and, and
0: like it clears your head. But I love that. It makes the words flow through the joints. It really does. And then you get back and then you read what you wrote. And hopefully it's not dog shit <laughs> <laughs> after the run. <laughs> but usually you you're in really good mood after you have run. So you really go, yeah, I am amazing. Um until the next day, and then you read it again. But yes, I can see it's a uh, it's all interlinked, and especially if you're photographing nature, that's you want to be climbing and looking at things they're far away and looking at things in a different.
1: way. It kind of reminds me of the analogy of um, you've got the the Buddhist monks who, you know, where the origins of yoga and uh, it was all about being able to meditate and yes. being able to sit. So
0: it's, it's, it still is and it's when you explain to someone that's what yoga is
1: and in order that clarity of mind if your body's not able to go there with you it's a distraction
0: you'll just be sitting there going oh my yeah. arse is killing me my yeah. knees are killing me whereas if you can actually sit in comfort
1: yeah your, your mind can it. travel a bit yeah, more yeah and I guess it's similar for me with my art and my photographic art is like you know to be able because you kept with photography you have to carry a fair bit of gear with you and all that of so, course yeah so i need my body needs to be strong to be able to do that and if it's not if i'm feeling the pain it kind of distracts me from what i'm looking at and i you know i that's,
0: that's you might it. not see that beauty if you're going Oof, yeah you it,
1: it'll take you <laughs> yeah. a moment and yeah. it's it's meditative it to a certain degree when you're when you're look, staring into beauty in that way you know
0: yeah yeah and you do an yoga, taylor
1: I yeah I haven't been recently I this week I've only done it twice but but <gasps> it but, but right. was four weeks I did not I didn't do it at all.
0: You, you were just back from France and you I didn't. Did that.
1: I was eating you know on a amans every day yeah. I did swim out there because uh, we had a pool and I swam a lot but yeah. yeah like the the yoga and all is it's and I my back started getting sore again this week because, because I hadn't been doing my been yoga and platys yeah, and yeah. whatever and um yeah so I'm back doing it again you're yeah. back it's
0: like a home practice
1: you do, yeah it's right? a home pr- I do go to a class as well but yeah I, I, home practice is probably most beneficial because it's consistency yes. that's the important part of doing that practice because if you just do it once a week in a class I don't think it's enough yeah,
0: yeah. I go to a class six times a week <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that's just I need like I just I need to go to class I'm I should develop a home practice I'm actually trying to be a teacher at the moment and they're mm. always banging on about how important it is to have a home practice I ain't got a home practice not yet and I know it's something but that's almost like that's the difference between people who can push things through maybe and people who need to be cajoled a bit more like me I'm much better going to a class
1: but it's routines as well you get out of your routine and then you know and it's connected to diet as well like if I start going off the wagon and you start eating bad again and then you're less likely to do the exercise I mean it's just it's ebb and flow of you know I do catch myself I find I catch myself once I'm off the wagon, and I'm eating bad, not doing any exercise at yeah. all. Horse in
0: the braid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't brie know. I was <laughs> just yeah,
1: wine just every night. Croissants
0: so. just wrapped around the entire <laughs> lump of braid, and that was your breakfast. <laughs> That's <sounds> amazing.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: but yeah, but you, you catch yourself, and then yeah. Yeah,
1: I, and I try to then implement changes that will, and you know, and it's, I think another thing is rather than you kind of want to get to here. In terms of He's regaining, i pointing <laughs> up high. You get to this high point, yeah. In your mind, you go, and if you start going, going, well, I need to be there now. It's almost too much. Yes. So don't reach for that. I think straight away, Re- reach for it in your mind, but you know, just see it, it in up. your mind, you, but
0: stack it up incrementally. Incrementally, I think, because
1: yeah. it's almost too much to bring up, you know, to be at, at that point, because you've got to make the little things. It's almost too difficult to attain that straight away. So
0: have half a wedge of brie <laughs> <every laughs> wrapped around an entire result. yeah just yeah.
1: start with a half and half That's across it. on <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> uh, so I am um, <clears throat> I guess we'll start tying things together now
1: But there was uh, there was one other thing in terms of funding that oh, yes. might be relevant to mention about um, my books I, I did crowdfunding
0: oh of course to
1: yeah. bring them to reality so although you have the material bringing a book together like that is quite an expensive project and um I um, did it through uh, an Irish Kickstarter, like called Fundus. Yeah, yeah. And they, um, you know, you you set up a a five-week campaign and you set up a load of rewards and a jewellery box, I looked for 10,000. I think I got 12,000. Nice. So that paid for the book, paid for the cost of the design of the book, paid for, you know, and I got a thousand of them printed.
0: Did you cost that out yourself or did you have help with somebody like sitting down and go, this is what your book is going to cost? Or did you back in the envelope for your 10 grand?
1: No, I would have already been down the road with the design and I would have given it to the guys who were printing it and they would have given me a quote. Yeah. So I would have known a fair idea about what it was. I mean, there were certain changes that were made. Sure, I, sure. I, I, but you thought,
0: had a good good idea.
1: Yeah, I had a bit of contingency in there for slight changes. The second book, uh, I had a certain quote, but I, I kept on adding fancier <laughs> additives, like kind of little special prints and embosses and, and um, head and tail bands and things like that. Yeah. And um, I think just it kept on going up. So although I'd got a quote... And I looked for 21500 for that. I got 22000 I got my money, um, but I, you know, and the book did cover, but I only just covered the cost of the print. I didn't have the cost of covering the rewards. And the rewards, you, you should really cover for them as well.
0: Definitely, yeah. Because I have a little bit of experience with Kickstarter. Okay,
1: kind of right. Yeah. yeah, so I think I, next time if my book's going to cost me $20,000, i will try and take 25000 if yeah. I can, you know?
0: Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And you had... Because you bring people on photo tours, you probably have a, a mailing list, you, of like your past clients and yep. so forth. And yep. are, are they some of the people you reached out to for your yeah, funding?
1: absolutely? on oh, my mailing list is, is is quite a good mailing list from people who've bought prints for me and people who have been on workshops and They're
0: very engaged.
1: Yeah, people I know and have a relationship with. So yeah. I would say when I and I will do a crowdfunding campaign for the next book. Um, I will put it out to the wider community in terms of from workshops and from my uh, clients who bought pictures as well.
0: You probably have been building that list for like as long. Since the beginning, yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah. 15, 16, 17 years, yeah.
0: I think uh, when it comes to crowdfunding, my experience of this as well is that like you really rely on your network to do your, put your message out for you and the people who like you and the people who aren't strangers to you, people you've had dealings with and who respect you. And you can start building that list as early as you can from a if you're a creative person like mm. you know the people who respect you. and think you're you've got something good to say. So it's not like you have to stick them all in mailchimp and start mailing them. But there your network, and I think building your network from early, you're you, there's people on your mailing list who've been there for seventeen years, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. There's people in there, and, then we, and a lot of them will put, put into it having said that, you still have to every week you'll be sending emails during the campaign. Even yeah. more, twice a week. Oh, you
0: have to hassle the shit. Yeah, out yeah. Of you people. know, you yeah, know the score. Know, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> and like I you, it gets
0: embarrassing. Like will
1: You me. lose addresses. Like people will, you know, unsubscribe. Yeah. During the campaign. But every time you still send a mail, you get a spike. You still get
0: a few. And yeah. And
1: it's worth sending it out. And yes, you lose some people, but ultimately you get the project funded.
0: And those who you're left with are even more engaged. Yeah. Then, that's that's the way of looking at it, I guess.
1: And when everyone gets the rewards, they're delighted with it. I mean, it's yeah. a buzz about that as well. You've created your own internal marketing for the launch night, if you like, for, yeah. for the exhibition when it does happen.
0: Yes. So the, that list of people will continually be your engaged list your, ambassador. they'd be yeah. your
1: ambassadors, and they'll be your ambassadors as well yeah. and they'll tell people about look I got involved in this project and they'll share it
0: look at my big sexy book
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. all of that yeah
0: yeah and mm. they and with any luck they'll have and I suppose in like with something that you do Dara do, your in, engaged people is that a kind of a alarm or something like that it's coming from somewhere but you're engaged people probably are short of a few quid (laughs) let's face it if they're going on you know photo tours to exotic locations so uh they're quite valuable Mm. to you They, they they have a few quid and they love what you do that's wonderful so they may even have like good contacts in the media and so forth and they're probably talking about your work to people because they've been with you on this journey yeah, the
1: whole time yeah yeah and they, they're 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 they enjoy the journey you've been on they they feel connected and they are with this relationships that we've developed with so many people from these photo tours they're really nice they're them friends really yes you know? absolutely. Yeah. oh they're and they're
0: they're, val- they're they're value to you on every level yeah, yeah, but they're like they're, they're mates you know them like yeah. presumably you you drink and you eat well, and we, you... We do, you do like, I mean, I, d-
1: I do quite a lot of photo tours with Explore Light and with Peter Gordon and he's he's like a colleague, a friend and, uh but, you know, he has these social nights for all these people as well. Oh,
0: and, no way, like after the, the after,
1: fact so people can yeah, hang like out. Yeah, like twice a year, like, and we like, meet in the Exchequer in uh, Ranala and um we, yeah, just have a load of wine and just it's not brilliant yeah
0: yeah yeah people just drink and probably talk about what they're up to talk about photography
1: well the the photo tours we've been on the ones that are coming up yeah you know just general photography stuff projects in general
0: have you um fostered any people who have gone out to have their own big sexy books after being on your photo tours
1: um well there's been the ones that i've been involved in as well through irish light again one of peter gordon's projects is we've run workshops there simultaneously there might be like seven workshops taking place the same weekend on an island different seven different islands uh, or in different parts of ireland and there's been books created from that but it's a kind of a collaborative project yes, yeah. you know of like many photographers like, but there's
0: people that you've like mentored in these workshops who've gone
1: on to do their own personal book books publish. as well yeah a couple of them have yeah yeah, yeah.
0: that's very nice
1: that's very yeah they're, i mean they I, yeah, I quite often say it there's many amateur photographers that i know that are better than some professional photographers yeah know. yeah you because know, there's some amazing they talent have they have there. the
0: passion that's that's what you need you need the drive and you need the passion which i think makes probably us come full circle back to the end and i think that that's it thank you so much yeah you're very welcome amazing yeah okay
1: Um, thank you for having me on and good (laughs) luck with the rest of the podcast
0: okay bye